Let's see. Everybody here. who's on the TikTok, we're going to do an interview here with Conversations yes. Official. Yeah. Super trying official. Trying to get them to I should have made it Conversations Super Official. Super official. <laughs> that would have been the way to go. That would have been the way to go. Hi, my name is Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. Conversations exist to create spiritually-minded conversations about life. We desire to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Go ahead. I'll, I'll Everyone is welcome show. at the conversation. <laughs> All right, friends. It is Leo WT. I am here with Rocky. We are here for conversations. It is part two of my three-peat weekend uh, where we are just blowing up your feed with good news that you might not have heard before and if you had well then let's go ahead and signal boost this so i'm going to be coming at you in audio form and youtube form in the full video format but rocky and i are trying some multi-stream situations here going on so we're coming at you in just slight, slightly different format so um i am leo wt for those of you who don't know or might be tuning into conversations the first time i'm a non-binary human who happens to be a hairdresser a seminarian and uh someone who grew up in a conservative Christian background, but now understands that I am uh, non-binary. And for me, where I've come to, that's not a rub. Um, so we're going to be talking with Rocky because she is actually uh, one of the filmmakers behind a project called 1946, which is a documentary about when the word homosexuality became a part of the Bible. So something that not a lot of people know is that homosexuality, the word was not actually in the Bible until, as the name of the film would suggest, 1946. So uh, Rocky is putting together an all-star cast and crew. Uh, Mary Lambert is the composer of the uh, of the music for the film. We love Mary Lambert. We love some queers. You know what I mean? All up in there. Um, and so I'm going to let Rocky introduce herself because her uh, perspective and what brought her to this work is actually pretty interesting and exciting in and of itself. So we're going to let Rocky introduce herself, uh, maybe give us a, a quick overview of some work she's done in the past and what brought her to this project. And then we're going to roll on from there. Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my name is Rocky. I'm the director of 1946, The Mistranslation That Shifted Culture. I do have a film background. I um, have been working in the film industry for over 20 years and a lot of different perspectives and, you know, arenas, but primarily as a production designer and in the art department. Um, and then also have done a lot of producing. But I'm also a member of the Alphabet Mafia. Uh, I'm an <laughs> L, you know, big old L. And um, I'm also a, a preacher's kid. So, you know, being LGBTQ and Christian doesn't really mix. And so once my parents suspected I was gay, my dad read my diary and, you know, the rest is history. 20 years of just craziness and him taking me to, you know, loved one out and giving me pamphlets on the slippery slope of gay marriage and, yeah. you know, just all that kind of noise, um, which isn't really healthy. So as you can imagine, I left home and then obviously within those 20 years, we've had some time to try to, you know, he loves the sin or hate the sin. And I'm like, oh, but I just want to be in your life. How do we navigate <laughs> this? Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, coming from that background, fast forward 20 years when I'm living in Los Angeles, I find myself in a progressive church. I realize this church, as much as they'll let a gay person come in, I'm still not equal in this space. 
And I started getting super vocal about it because welcome but not equal is not what the gospel or what this whole thing should be. And regardless though, I just, so whatever, it just started really setting me on this path, which led me to find affirming churches. I literally felt like I was living in a rock. I had no idea. And then gay Christians, I literally had no idea gay Christians existed. No idea. Yeah. Kathy Boldock, which led me to learning Malakoin or Sinekoitai, which led me to learn of the conjoining of the two words, you know, that led to this horrible mistranslation and now the creation of this film. So that's kind of it in short. So once I learned that and having had these verses and be used against me, Mm-hmm. I immediately turned my professional career into an opportunity to turn this into a piece that can be seen all over the world and help create real change for our society. Yeah. I'm I'm so there's so much that I could unpack just in what you said already. But one thing that you said that resonated with me was I was also a pastor's kid. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, right. I I like to refer to myself as someone who double fisted the Kool-Aid. Like I was in it to win it. I was trying to be the best. Like one time my little brother, who's one of my favorite humans, he looked at me and he was like, you know, I just, you were always so good and I could never live up to that. So I went the opposite direction. But what's funny is that in all of that, my sense of worth and my sense of calling was directly challenged by my coming out. Um, And up until that point, I was so evangelical and conservative. I didn't know I was evangelical and conservative. And so like when you said you found an affirming church, like I remember the moment that I realized my church wasn't affirming despite the good people that were in it. You know what I mean? How did you, so, so what, what drew you um, or continued to draw you towards Christianity despite that negative experience you had, especially with your dad? Uh, well, to be honest with you, at that point, it was a girl. It was a girl that I was dating that was like, it's always oh, a girl. I'm a Christian, and I go to church, and I was like, what? Uh, and I'm like, well, I guess we're going to church on Sunday, you know? Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, what is this about? And then yeah. I hadn't been in a church in, tw- in 20 years. Yeah. So that's another reason why I was just so, you know, just naive to yeah. all of it. And then even the bigger problem of the teaching of the, the traditional teaching of the church. Absolutely. That really is not that old, you know, yeah. and um, <clears throat> has just really has catastrophic effects on our society, especially in politics. And we can see yeah. that with the merger of the Republican party and the conservative mm-hmm. Christians mm-hmm. in the eighties, yep. you know, and now we see what's happening in our nation with nationalism yep. and Trumpism. So yep. it's very yeah. dangerous. Uh, and you know, but yeah, I didn't even realize my church was like that. And my parents are good people. My family, they're good people. Like they, they yeah. really do feel they're, and they're sincere in what they're doing. It's yeah. again, it's just, it's misguidance from the church and bad teaching of the church. They don't Absolutely. know any better. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that it's, it's the translation of a couple words. And so I always get this argument. I don't really like to fight on Facebook because I, I am beyond apologetics. For those of you who might not have grown up in the conservative Christian world, apologetics is a whole field where Christianity seeks to bolster its own claims. I was very interested in that when I was young. And I've, I've just moved away from that because you know what? Like I am queer. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. But when I I first started coming out it really blew my mind when I realized there's 31,000 plus Bible verses in the Bible only seven can be construed 
hear that construed to talk about homosexuality. And I had no idea. Like, I just thought it was this thing that was innate out there in the universe. Yeah, it's crazy. It actually goes up to nine verses throughout history where they use the word homosexual. All right. Uh, And then, but it, but the six and seven, I would say the seventh is probably Jude, the Jude verse, Mm -hmm. but the main six are what we're going to be focusing on in our film. Um, But either way, it's just, yeah, when you look at the comparison, you know, but besides that one mistranslation that we're talking about, which condemns a group of people as opposed to an act, which is very Mm -hmm. obvious, and we'll be able to show all the verses what they mean. This is one of many mistranslations. You know, the Bible has been translated into multiple languages all over the world, you know, and so when you do that, things absolutely get lost in translation. That doesn't mean that it's bad or good. And we can also show some of it is accidental. Some of it is malicious. There's Mm -hmm. absolutely sometimes agenda in play. Uh, And so our researchers have done a tremendous job to really trace all of it. And they've Mm -hmm. gone to all of the archives of all of the notes of all of the translation teams from the Mm -hmm. first in in the 46 New Testament RSV to the 52 New Testament RSV to the three translations in the 70s that used the RSV as their root Bible, trying to make their modern English version of the Bible. And then we, yes. trace, then we start tracing malice from the late yep. 70s to the 80s, where the church literally doubles down in the footnotes saying it's consensual acts. It, yes. It's really just, it, it's, it's, it's amazing work that these researchers done. And I hope that it really uh, sheds a lot of light yeah. And I really, I really liked the, well, like I grew up with the NIV Bible. What, uh, what, just yeah. out of curiosity, is that what your dad preached out of mostly? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. so I got the, um, the King James Bible, you know, New King James mm-hmm. in the nineties. I'm aging myself now when I was like, you know, in high school. And, uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, and then we did switch to the NIV. I think now they're e, um, ESB, you know, yeah. the NIV, which was published in 1978 is the most egregious of exactly. the three Bibles in the seventies and put yep. the word homosexual in six different verses. Yep. Uh, yeah. So. I wanted to bring that up because I, I think amongst like in my upbringing, NIV was the most common. And I think that that is the one that I see the most used other than King. It Jesus, is absolutely just, just in my experience. So yep. I use the RSV for, for seminary, but. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. Because apparently it's one of the more accurate translations. 100%. Um, but then you have the people that made the RSV literally saying 70 years after they made it, they're like, we made a translation error, but the damage had kind of already been done. You know what I mean? It was already totally. out there in the ether. Nobody so. was even talking about it. Nobody even nope. knew. There was no internet. There was no communication nope. amongst all the translation teams. Nobody even yep. cared. Yep. So yep. what happened was what the RSV was the first modern English Bible post the King James 1611 mm-hmm. version. And so once it was published, of course, everybody was looking at it. It was a big right. deal. And uh, the church, were they were in uproars of things because it was so well translated. They did things like they called Mary a young woman. And the mm-hmm. church was like, whoa, you took the virginity of Mary away. And we're like, no, we didn't. Because in Matthew, she's clearly a virgin because she tells the angel she's never been with a man. Right. But I guess you can't be a young woman and a virgin at the same time. Apparently so that's not. why these other American publishing companies were like, we're going to make our own version of the Bible. You mm-hmm. can't take the virginity of Mary away. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes agenda. And nobody was even looking at this homosexual thing. Another thing no to one. consider is when this mistranslation happened, it was, they were first written in the 30s for the 46 mm-hmm. release. So the work was done in the early 30s. 
and homosexuals, it was homosexual vices. It was, mm. it was literally like homosexual rape and homosexual was considered a rapist. Like it, that's mm. what the definition of it was. So the definition of homosexual has changed over time. Yes. And that's yes. another important factor. And again, it's all in the letters that were found Absolutely. at Yale University. It's completely all documented. Yeah. So let me bring this up. So there's an interesting um, convergence here of your personal story and the story of the film, which is actually why uh, I was seeking to speak to you first. I'm trying to get everybody else on here uh, eventually, <laughs> but I was trying to hit up you first because I found your story particularly interesting here. Um, when they went, uh, so Kathy is the, one of the researchers and what's the, uh, was the other, there was two, Ed. right? Yeah. Okay. And so basically what happened with, I believe it was the NIV Bible is like, no, no one had looked at the translation notes, right? Like they were sitting there untouched, basically. Yeah, for most of these archives, for sure, nobody had looked at them. But specifically in the RSV, you know, Ed and Kathy were like calling Yale, freaking out, like, are you sure that we can get in? Are you sure? Like, you know, um, Dr. Michael Brown's not going to be there or, you know, mm -hmm. other people who write against the LGBTQ community aren't going to be looking at these archives to get to the bottom of the root of it, you know, mm -hmm. and they, mm -hmm. they laughed at them. They're like, nobody's checked this stuff out in years. And you could literally, like, they literally were um, opening envelopes that have been sealed since the 60s. And people wow. are writing books that then lead people to kill themselves because they believe that they're this great abomination and nobody cared enough to even to even go back and look. To check the notes. Yep. No one and, checked yep. the tape. And again, wow. so as they go and look through all this history, no one's even talking about it. These letters yeah. were um, noted. The only people that knew about them were the 22 people in the translation committee. That's it. Wow. And the man who wow. wrote the letter. Yep. That's, that's so wild to me that you got a committee of 22 people that are willing to issue a translation, men. all white men, all white men, let us not forget that, um, that are willing to issue a translation that literally is, it's a death knell for, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, whether they, whether they, you know, knew it, um, that they were like feeling this internal like dialogue with themselves or whether they were feeling external pressure. Like this is a thing that, that caused people to kill themselves or to, to for people to kill other people. Correct. Like that's, it's a death. It was Correct. a death sentence essentially. And, and no one checked the tape. Correct. No exactly. one checked the tape. Exactly. They are, they have, they have the answer. And you know why? Because it's so easy and Christianity is set up to other Mm -hmm. And so the LGBTQ community is the next in line of a long list of others. And so mm -hmm. as soon as you have the finger to point and it's not pointing on you anymore, that becomes easy. So nobody cares. No yes. one cared enough, you know? Yes. So, and then they'll say, well, you know, of course you're queer. So of course you're going to look and you're going to see something differently. I'm sorry. Our allies see it too. And there are many allies with us and they are loud and they are proud. And we are absolutely, together. and it's history. It's undeniable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's facts. So, yeah. you know, it's just, and there are, I mean, there are people well. <laughs> yeah there are people with with phds with people who have studied up to that level in terms of translation of greek and hebrew and even aramaic because newsflash yeah. greek and hebrew were not even the original text original language right and so there are people with i'm not saying you have to have a degree to know like in general in life that's not a thing but in this case this is a scholarly pursuit that 100%. 
could it could and will change whole lives and hopefully begin we can begin to repair some of the systemic fallout because there is so much that has happened as a cascading effect from that mistranslation to where to where evangelical pastors will stand up and say you know what i mean you're an abomination and we love you but we hate this sin well newsflash bro i'm gay even if i'm not having sex with someone of the same gender as me i'm Absolutely. still gay Absolutely. So you you can't just say love the hint, sin or hate the sin yeah. because being gay is not a is not an action. It's an orientation. Like we're born into original sin, and James Dobson introducing oh. like babies are born into sin, and then the way that parents have scolded their child, their children over the years, it's just insane. It is. You're, it you're is scolding a two year old like they're like they're the fucking devil. Yeah, that's what you're doing. They, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, trying to trying to discipline the sin out of your two year old, it's, like it's, it's just, it's crazy. And yeah. so many of these, so many of these issues are, are issues that have stemmed from translation situations here, and right? It's also just bad, bad church teaching. Yeah, it's, it's men sitting in a room making decisions about church law and doctrine. It is not biblical. Yep. You know, and when you look at the greatest commandments of all, and you look at how the church acts, I don't see Jesus in that. Absolutely. So this, is, this has been a poison that has been, you know, for the last couple centuries in our yeah. church doctrine. Yeah, for a while, it has been absolutely poisoning people to the point where um, I'm not sure if you've heard of Kristen Kobe Dumay, but she is a historian. She works at Oh, I'm forgetting Calvin University. And she wrote a book called Jesus and John Wayne, which talks about the even the history of the evangelical church. And what happens in that is she talks about these distinct cultural decisions that were made. Because right. make make no mistake, evangelicalism is a culture. And yeah. so this culture of evangelicalism latched on to these mistranslations and have built up whole markets around being ex-gay, around being, you know, pray the gay away, around being heteronormative, around the idea of original sin. And there's a whole culture that came out to marginalize people. And for me, that's the culture yeah. I came out of. I actually don't have an ethnic background that I know of. It's out there, obviously, but my family doesn't talk about it. My closest experience with ethnicity is conservative evangelicalism. And my whole childhood, I was taught in the subtext that I was wrong and that I was bad. And how do you, like, this, this when I saw this documentary coming up, I was like, this is going to change everything. Thank you. Thank you. Everything. Thank um, you. I would love to, for a second, also, I got, I'm going to need a link if there's sweatshirts available. Yeah, definitely. You guys got to get some merch. Yeah, I got to do it. I'll be buying like a couple, one for every day of the week. Um. Nice. All of our, um, now we have the linked tree. So okay. you just click the one link and it'll take you everywhere. But there's one that says merch in there. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. And we'll get that in the show notes later Great. too. Thank so. you. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about the experiences that you've had with your father and how that's, uh, you know, going to come out in the film and just as, as much as you're comfortable sharing, but a little bit more in depth um, and kind of what brings you personally to, to the place sure. where you are right now, you know? Yeah. So when I first learned of the mistranslation, I actually was in a Kathy Baldock conference with my mother and my father, uh, listening to Kathy talk about patriarchy, penetration, and procreation. 
in you know more times than you want to hear in six hours sitting next more, to your dad. more times than any lesbian wants to hear those words exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh and so you know we both had a different reaction to the research my reaction has led me to drop everything to tell this story and his reaction led him to now doubling down on writing a book on why homosexuality is a sin and so he, he uh, then agreed to be in our movie. And I took him to the Reformation Project where he got to meet Justin Lee and Matthew Vines. And he's already met Kathy and Ed and some other people. And he let them all know that he's going to quote him in, the, in his book, which is, you know, but he showed up uh, and he's, he agreed to be interviewed in our movie. So we're going to give him his authentic voice because that's the proper thing to do. Again, he's not a bad guy. He just believes he's dogmatic, you know? Uh, and so we're going to give him an opportunity to share his story. Um, but we, we try to now, you know, we just still just don't talk about anything. It's hard to have a relationship. You know, you go to dinner and there's only so many times you can talk about the weather, but we yeah. do the best we can. And I'm glad that he's a part of the story. So we'll yeah. see. I, we'll see Absolutely. when his book comes out. <laughs> I definitely... Um, I'm curious to know the publication schedule of that because I'm about to have to read it. But yeah. um, I, I have had, I had a, a, a similar somewhat experience in the fact that my, you know, my dad was a pastor um, and then I was double fist in the Kool-Aid. But um, when I came out, there was this, there was this tension um, that I felt lingering and I didn't feel safe to come out in person. So I actually uh, called my parents over the phone. I was in Ohio and they were in Pennsylvania and uh, I told, you know, I told my parents at that point, I wasn't sure if I was like completely oh, right. gay or if I was just bi or whatever, but I was like, you know, I'm going to have to tell them. I'm just going to outright tell them because I don't want to have to deal with anything later. So I was like, you know, uh, dad, I like women basically. And, and I don't remember what else happened, but I remember my mom was listening on the other line uh, back in the day for you young kids who don't know how house phones worked. You could right. pick up. And as long as you were real quiet, no one would know you're on the other line. But um, after I told my dad that my mom said something and some, it was, it was a tense exchange, but she said, um, you know, you're in the Lord's hands now. And then I ended up yelling back. That's the only place I ever wanted to be. And I hung up the phone and I was out and it was terrifying. It was wow. a great night. It was a crazy next day. Um, but I share all that to say that my mom is one of the biggest people in my life now. And actually 10 oh, years out, um, 10 years out after that happened, uh, my mom heard a conversations episode that I did and she called and she apologized to me. Wow. Um, and she said, I want you to know that I've never not loved you. I just thought that that was the best way to love you. And so I think I, I really appreciate that you're sharing your dad's authentic voice, right? You're not neutering it and you're not filtering it through your experience. You're going to give him a voice because listen, it's a tenuous relationship. But if I back out of a relationship with my parents, and if you back out of a relationship with your parents, first of all, we shouldn't have to divorce our heritage to be who we are. But second of all, they're never going to see that we're the same people they raised us to be. Right. Isn't that the irony of it? It's like they raised you to be this awesome, artistic, creative, free-thinking, strong-willed female that you are. And isn't it the greatest irony that that's turned back around and they're like, oh, crap, now she's, you know, awesome and artistic and open-minded and free-thinking, you know? Right. So I, I thank you for sharing that because I think that's going to add a whole other texture to the film just as, as someone who's going to be watching the film. That, that's like a personal element that draws you in uh, in terms of that. It's not just going to be scholarly. It's going to be personal. There's going to be a lot in there. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely an academic, theological, but relational approach to I like that. Um, you know, a tangible, not only tangible letters, but a tangible point mark in history yeah. Yeah. to afford us an opportunity to go back, to reevaluate, yep. to then look forward to see where we are now, you know. Yeah. So and how can we do this better? And 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 what what will this mean in terms of safe space for LGBTQ people in religious communities? Because there's a big difference between like toleration right. and acceptance, right? Right. And we we intend to be accepted and not tolerated. And Absolutely. we gotta move forward towards that. So. Absolutely. And we are, you know, um, I know a lot of conservatives are scared right now. Some of them are mm -hmm. really pissed off. Um, you know, they're but change is inevitable. It and is with this research, you know, it's only gonna help. It's only gonna get yeah. better. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback um, about the film? I know it's obvi you're obviously still in the producing it, um, and it's going to be out in August, so you're still very much in the It won't be out in August. Not, not in August? August? Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Do we know when, when we're looking at all, Everybody gets all these little pieces, and then all of a sudden, I, I read things on, you know, on Instagram, like, the movie's going to have, like, who, where did they get when, that? Where you know, did that like, happen? What's our timetable we're looking at? We How just long started post-production. I mean, I was just able to raise enough money to hire a professional editor, um, okay. you know, and that we're so fortunate to even have that. It's either time or money. I mean, I'm yes. self-producing this. I've, I'm an investor myself. Self, I've maxed out too many credit cards and, you know, have downsized my life to, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, with Jill being hired, Jill Woodward is her name, we hopefully can finish post-production by August. Okay. Submit to film festivals for a 2022 release. So yeah. we don't know what film festival we'll get into yet. And pending that release date, then people will be able to watch from that festival on, you know? Gotcha. So, but gotcha. we'll know in the next, um, let's touch base in another like six weeks. Yeah. I'll have more answers for you if we're going to hit that end of August goal. Perfect. Perfect. I hope so. And I hope that we can help raise some awareness. You know what I mean? Like this is a film that so many of us need uh, that it's there. I know there's got to be people out there that can, that can help. So we're going to try yeah. to keep, I'm going to try to keep putting it out there. You Please know what I do. Mean? So. There's a lot of Have ways you... that people can help. So again, it's either time or money and it's a very yeah. expensive endeavor. So we were fortunate enough to find one company that um, is giving us their production services to help with post-production and assist with cool. that. So they're saving very us cool. tens of thousands of dollars that, you know, it's just so hard to raise a half million dollars to make a movie. And that's a very conservative budget. Yeah. You know? um, we have hundreds of hours of footage, you know, I mean, it would be narrowed down obviously, but it's a documentary, you know, it's, yeah. it's years of, of following the story. Um, but, um, but yeah, so it's just those little milestones one step yeah. at a time to get there. What so you said that you said that conservatives have are scared. Have you gotten any direct feedback? Like what are you hearing back as this starts to seep out into the ether? Um, well, just a lot of the responses we get on social media, mm -hmm. the conservative voice, they're very um righteous and they, you know, there's no really room for dialogue. It's like they just know. A lot of people don't even watch the clip or they're not even like, you know. It, one guy wanted to send me a whole bunch of research and I was like, great, here's the email address. And he's like, okay, cool. Give me a follow. I'll send it to you. And I was like, why are you even wasting my time? Like, do you, do you want to look at the research that we have? I would love to look at the research you have. You know what I yeah. mean? So, but these yeah. are, this is TikTok. So who knows who's behind those accounts, right. but as far as like some of the pastors and theologians, I know that it's getting around in churches. I yeah. know it's being talked about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw on Twitter the other day that somebody said on, to a famous pastor, hey, have you seen this before? And the famous pastor was like, I don't even see it, but I know this famous pastor knows about us because <laughs> we invited him to be on the show and that they said no, you know, and oh. so I'm not going to call them out, but I should. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's like, you know, it, you know, debate us yeah. get in this conversation with us, you know, like yeah, come to the conversation books yep. that are killing people. Like yep. talk to us, you know, yeah. we're very, and that's, we, we really, really just, it, we just want to live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just to live, just to live and be be normal. Like it's really not that fun to be gay. It's just pretty normal. Like and and, and for so long, it's just that we've been like these scapegoats and and, and um, you know, just kind of held up in as something that's truly an abomination in front of the church, and that's not that's not okay. And then you have people that are gonna, you know, the the whole thing with this with evangelicalism and stuff is that people books sprouted up from nowhere, and people who have no idea about like gender studies or biology of 100%. gender or biology of sex, they're they, writing books like Wild at Heart, and they're just completely saying this is what you got to do to be a man, this is what you got to do to be this or that, with no research. So yeah. why are they looking down on you when you're? Coming with research exactly exactly yeah. yeah and and that's a lot of the stuff that we'll be able to show as well too Good. you know and it's just it i just can't wait to get it done let me put it that way <laughs> yeah. i can't wait yeah. to show you all you know so the next couple weeks are going to be really exciting as we start going through the footage we've yeah. got already a writing room like meeting set up with the editor and one of our writers yes. and you know an author that we really respect and myself yes. so that's really exciting um but yeah, it's, it's it, Kathy's work. If you guys don't know Kathy Bulldog, you can already get an insight of some of her work. Just binge Kathy Bulldog. Just um, all of it. I did it. I did it on podcast form. Just do it. <laughs> right. uh, for those of you who don't know, Kathy is um, LGBTQ ally. I believe she is a cis straight white Correct. woman who is a Christian. Yeah. Yep. Christian. And she saw the light. <laughs> she saw the big rainbow light. Um, and but she really has been open about her own process of learning and accepting and understanding. And I did. I did the same thing that you're saying. Like binge Kathy Baldock. Yeah. Um, I yeah. definitely did that from the start. And uh, yeah. that's how I uh, found out about the film. Actually, was between that and then I saw oh, a great. video of Mary Lambert promoting the film. So love it. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get that out there. So are you guys going to be dropping any sort of sneak peeks or like little hints that we can nibble on? Um, You know, we'll start, (laughs) we'll send, we'll do more trailers and things like that and more promo stuff as we go. Um, But, you know, I'm not sure yet, but yeah, Yeah. I'd love to like at least send, and if anything, what we can do is if we know that there are some people that we filmed that won't be in the, in the movie, we'll, we can at least start sharing some of those voices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't you know. can't give it all away. Yeah. Exactly. You can't give it all away, but like at the same time, we're dying for this. I know. <laughs> I know. So we are giving away like, um, you know, research online. Like our Instagram yeah. is a really good resource for that. Yes. Can, yeah. We just posted on First Corinthians. We did the Romans passage. We just mm-hmm. did a whole post on Arsenicoitai. And mm-hmm. actually an interesting thing that Christy Perdue, one of the authors that we're working with, points out in her book is that arson and koitai are the two Greek words. Now, you have to understand, right, the Bible, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but it was translated into Greek, and that's what Paul used when he wrote the New Testament. And so he took these two Greek words from Leviticus, arson and koitai, 
and conjoined them to mean arson and koitai. And arson mm -hmm. means bed and koitai is man mm -hmm. or vice versa. Man, bed, bad men, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> many, men in many beds. And yeah. so the argument is that arson and koitai are only used when it's men and men. That's not true. That's just not true. And so yeah. she points out these verses, one in Judges, one in, uh, I don't know the other one off the top of my head, but, um, but it's on our slide on Instagram, you yeah. know? So, yeah. you know, and it's interesting how, again, none of the theologians on the opposite sides, it's Judges, it's Numbers 31, 17, 18, and Judges 21, 11, and 12. Um, nobody, nobody talks about it. Nope. So they either, nope. they either are, they're bad theologians either way. They either know about it and they're hiding it or they don't know about it because they don't care enough about us to actually say, I don't think this is condemning gay people. Let me really look into this. Absolutely. And yeah, so, absolutely. I did accept they're bad theologians. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and the fact is that bad theology kills, and not just queer people, but brown people and disabled people and female-bodied people, bad theology kills. Yeah. I did a side-by-side uh, -side video. It's back towards the beginning of my YouTube channel. Yes, Kevin <laughs> Garcia. Oh, my gosh, I love him. I have been following him so hard. <laughs> um, I love you. You guys should just look up all these people, but I'm like a, a little bit of a nerd here in this subject matter, but I did a side-by-side -side with an evangelical minister where I talked about how the um I talked about the fact that the the evangelical church is, is causing harm to a lot of people basically just wanton harm right we're not we're not worried they're not worried about translation errors they're just worried about perpetuating the same things they've already heard well what happened is this evangelical minister he found it and apparently he felt like I was speaking just to him because he made a series of attack videos back at me. So this, uh, this pastor uh, made a whole sermon series, which first of all, I'm very excited to have inspired five weeks of preaching at this person's church. But they made a whole sermon series about how it's wrong to be gay. Uh, and it was actually five sermons, but I didn't have that much time. So I made a side-by-side -side video. And just like you said, they're not willing to approach the conversation. So what I did was I took that sermon and I broke it down second by second by second to call out everything that was just bad logic, that was just false teaching, and that was just horrible translation and verses that didn't even relate, right? And I, the video was two and a half hours and I was only 20 minutes into the sermon. Wow. And so two it's and so, a half hours. Yeah. Ugh. And it was just me. I would play so a couple toxic. seconds and I would pause and I had to watch that whole sermon and just to like call is out those points. Online? It is. Yeah. I'll send yeah. you a link to it. Yeah, so, do. yeah. And it's just, um, it's insane to me that that we're we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep doing that and allowing that in American society. It's it can't go on anymore, and that's why I think your work is so incredibly important because it's gonna it's gonna call some people to the to the floor in terms of accountability, and that's what we need. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And well, if anybody, I'm anybody else that I should watch. I'd love to um, you know send me any sermons that you have that you think I should take a look at. That Absolutely. would actually really help uh, in our gathering of materials yeah. uh, and then also just research. You know, uh, we, we, we would be bad theologians and, and researchers and filmmakers 
yep. if we didn't fully look at both sides and understand fully Absolutely. the argument, you know. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I will send them your way. There's a lot. Um, for those of you who are watching, wherever you're watching, uh, if you go to YouTube, you can find us on, under Conversations Official, and we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if you search back through, we've done quite a few episodes um, regarding LGBTQ people, transgender, uh, you know, issues, gender identity, all that stuff, and it's all available for you. So I'm gonna make it sure I send it to you personally, so you don't have to do the dive. But it's all uh, been trying to put it out there, so it has to happen, you know. So it has I, to happen, I really appreciate so. that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you want to, is there anything else you want to say in closing, anything you want to bait us in further with, or anything we should know about the film or how to support you? Yeah, sure. I mean, just if you want to know more, follow us on all, you know, social media or on all social media at 1946themovie. To learn more, go to our website, 1946themovie.com. You can become a sponsor. You can buy a t-shirt to help us finish the movie. If you want to give on a larger level, we do have a fiscal sponsor. So we're a 501c3. You okay. can make a charitable donation and get a full tax write-off. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, church sponsors and there are other ways we can, uh, corporate sponsors where we'll put, you know, links on our websites and things like that. So there's more information. You can email us. Um, other than that, just share because, yeah. you know, first of all, it's going to help because somebody's going to stumble across this and we get messages all the time. Like, oh my gosh, like last night I was crying and this was happening and I felt my life was over. And then I stumbled upon your page mm -hmm. and now I have a little bit of hope. I need to do a little bit more work. Let me look at this. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for us. It's like, you know, we're just presenting academic, theological material to yep. get people to take a step back from their own privileged reality or their own oppressed reality yep. to come to a place of love and acceptance and justice and the greatest commandments of all. And I, I'm not going to get all Jesus on you right now, but maybe I will. No, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's really so simple and so i'm, I'm yeah. just really excited to continue this work and continue to meet new people on both sides yeah. and um just have you know a greater future for us all absolutely absolutely well i have to say thank you so much for doing the work um i make sure you look up at 1946 the movie just so for those of you who are watching that'll help you find it a lot easier uh if you would please like comment share everything possible with the movie um it's gonna get it out there to the people who need it and when i look into the camera and say like this film would have been something that would have changed my whole life i'm telling you this film would have been something that would have changed my whole life there are so many uh folks out here who need to hear this and it's not just young folks um i live in a really small town like 13,500 people taken down every year um and we had a pride event uh, two years ago, it would have been last summer because of COVID, but the year before that, and we had folks come out that were in their 70s, and they were presenting as their their authentic gender for the first time in their life. Wow. They left their house for the first time in their life in the clothes that felt right to them. And so there are so many people of all age brackets and demographics that need to hear this. And this is what's most important about this film is it's not an opinion piece. Right. It is a research scholarly piece. Right. And we can't we can't underestimate that. And like you said, we'd be bad theologians to to try to to try to, you know, disavow that fact. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm gonna end on this too. My favorite thing about the Bible is that, you know, whatever argument you want to you, it's called proof texting, right? You can support whatever argument you want. But there's yep. so many forget about that. There's so many contradictions in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Whatever you pull toward any argument 
you can find a Bible verse that contradicts it. Yes. And so just to that end, um, where Deuteronomy says not to dress in women's clothing, um, what do you think the coat of many colors was? That word for Joseph's coat is only used twice in the Bible. And the only other time it's used, it's when it's describing a princess's robe. He's wearing, mm. he's a cross-dresser. He's mm -hmm. probably gay, which is why he's picked on by his brothers, Boom. you know? And yep. so we have to be really careful. And that's just one example. There's just many, one, you know? And so yep. we're going to pick and choose which ones, I mean, not pick and choose as far as like proof texting, <laughs> but what are the strongest ones yeah. that will support this work? Uh, and yep. then beyond that, besides the, you know, we'll show the, you know, we'll have hopefully all the other resources available on other sites. So Absolutely. it's not picking and choosing. It's all there. It's, just it's all there for the film. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, we're not trying to make this like a 10 hour, like a uh, mini exactly. series here, right? It's already hard enough cutting down Kathy's work because her conferences oh. are like six hours. For sure. For sure. And that's just, and that's just her work. You know what I yeah. mean? So. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much thank for coming you. on today, Rocky. I appreciate you, uh, your story personally, and I appreciate the story that you are telling through this film. Uh, I'm definitely going to do my biggest, put my biggest effort at getting this out there and uh, help in any way possible. And I, thank you to you. Thank you to the crew. And thank you for coming on Conversations. Thank you for having me. I'll see you next time. Yep. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. This has been the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. If you have any questions or comments or just want to get involved, feel free to join the conversation on social media. You can find us at Conversations Official on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please don't forget to rate, follow, and share this podcast. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining the conversation.